Good evening, everybody, and welcome to Punch, Kick, Choke, Chat. My name is Sean Benson. I'm one of your hosts. And right now it is 6.33 Calgary time because I'm out here doing a little bit of work until September. I'm so excited to be doing this host chat tonight. I cannot wait. We're going to get to our intros a little bit later. But right now we have a topic that Hanshi Legacy is going to throw our way and we're going to dive right in on it. Hanshi Legacy, I know you got a great topic for us. So what what what, what are you thinking about? It was, uh, uh, it's about loyalty in a sense. How do you uh, make make the students feel a sense of loyalty? In the old days, you needed that loyalty so that, you know, the guy wouldn't sli slice your throat. You had to have somebody that was, you had to trust all the time. And that in the heat of the battle, you wouldn't turn the other way. Like those are really serious things. But how do you, how do you cross or span that bridge to modern day to get loyalty? How is that important? And what what the ways you use to um, without demanding loyalty? What ways do you use to um, promote that? Who do you want to start, Hanchi? Oh, um, how about Sensi Swino? Uh, well, I guess the the first thing that jumps into my head about loyalty is that it's a two way street it's very hard to create loyalty in your students if you don't care about them, right? If you don't genuinely, genuinely care about them. Uh, and if you take a keen interest in their training, really focus on them. And I don't mean that you have to always be positive. I think it's important to be constructively critical um, to help your students learn. But as long as you're truly focused on them, you're interested in them as people, uh, uh, loyalty happens for most of them uh, over time, right? When they spend time with you in your dojo. It's different though when you just talk about it and then actually putting it into play in modern times. Like, know, like in the old days, you if a guy gets in a fight or something, you can go and back him up and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. So, but nowadays, I just it's a bit more difficult. Yeah, you know, and the thing is that people have so much more opportunity now. There's so many places to train. There's so much stuff on YouTube, um, but. But Hanchi, you know, you've experienced this. You have students that have been with you for years. They, even if they branch out, they'd never consider leaving you, right? Leaving the relationship. I'm lucky to have students like that too. Um, you know, like I said, I think it comes from that, the, you know, the crucible of, of hard training, right? Sweating together, caring about each other, spending time doing the same things. Who do you want to talk to next? How about it, Randy? Yeah, I was thinking about it since we talked on the phone about it since Legacy. Um, I think it, for me, it was kind of innate, right? Because I, I, similar to you, Sensei, I, I came from a background, a lot of that exists in the motorcycle culture, right? There's a lot of like, there's a culture of that in the motorcycle culture of being loyal to your brothers and sisters and following a certain code and so when I came to the dojo, to me, it felt very natural. Like you had created a place where there was a code of conduct. There was a certain ethics. There was a hierarchy in place. I think when that exists, if you come in and you, you want to be that thing that you see, like when I look at Sensei Sweeney or I look at you, I still look at you guys and say, oh yeah, I want to be like that. Um, so I think that's kind of the first step, right? Like that's that first bridge where you're like, I guess basically I'm loyal to this person because I want what they have to give me, right? And if you're not loyal, 
then you're not going to get it. Like if you bounce around and you do these things then you're not going to get it. Um, but then I guess what Sensei Suino said, I, I also believe that after, you know, five, seven, eight years, like there's certain commonalities that just make it really, we've all had chipped teeth. We've all had bloody noses. We've all helped each other, picked each other up off the dojo before. Um, yeah. Like we've all done these things. And I think that just creates this, this thing, um, loyalty because you can't find that in other people. Like when I leave the dojo and you talk to some, I don't know, I'll call them a civilian for, um, lack of a better word and you try and explain stuff to them they're like you're crazy what do you mean you like getting punched in the face you like and i'm like okay you don't get it <laughs> you got to be loyal to the people who get it because you got that so i don't know maybe loyalty is not always the right word may like loyalty is part of it but it, i think it's it expands beyond that um and i think it evolves um and i think like said Susina said like i've experienced loyalty from you sense legacy, like in many instances, and you sense, you know, especially in the tough times in my life, um, when things are not going good, you know, I remember you sense legacy, just saying, Randy, you can't sleep in your truck anymore. You got to come to my house and you got to just move in with me for a while and have a, a good bed to sleep in. And that, like, that's a high level of loyalty from somebody to just open their home to you and say, just come in here. And, um, I see that you're in trouble. Uh, I want to help you with that. Um, so then that gets paid back in return, right? It just has to, or you're, you're a loser. If you can't, if you can't do that. <laughs> yeah. Benzo, you stepped up my house a couple of times, right? <laughs> Week yeah, on end. Which was good. Just as friends. It's great for both of us. Yeah. Um, really good for me. So how about it? How about your end? What, what are your thoughts? Yeah. I mean, I'm going to overlap a little bit, but the, the first thing for me, why I would ever be loyal to someone starts with something Sensei Dauphin said, like I wrote down attraction rather than promotion, right? Like I look and I go, I want what that person has. Uh, you can't tell me to be loyal to you, but I can go, well, how do I do what you're doing? I go to a demo night for karate. I'm like, I want this. And I had no idea what loyalty was like me, Sean. I had no idea. I just bopped around and did my thing and had never really been expected to be loyal to much, um, relatively self-serving. And then, you know, Hanchi, you were the first one because I'm sure you'd say you're kidding, but I can't think of a night in three years where I went to karate class at Western and you weren't teaching. So that meant your consistency created, wait, if I show up, he shows up, but even if I don't, he does. So now I'm seeing a model for what you being loyal to not just me, but everyone is. And then when I started um, being Sensei Dolphin's student, you know, Sensei, um, you offered me things that I didn't know how to receive. Like, I will come if you need. And I'd never been a person who knew how to ask for help, right? Like I was a self-sufficient, fuck it, I can do it myself. And it took me years of knowing that was true through your loyalty, to offer anything like it in return. And I try and do that with my students. I had a student who was sick once and I was like, you, he was a white belt. And I was like, let us know who, like what, what you need and one of us will drop it off. And he's like, what are you talking about? I said, you're part of a club. We'll get you what you need today if, you're, if you can't leave the house. And he goes, well, my friend dropped some stuff off but I had no idea, thank you. And I learned that from you all. So I think it comes from teacher first is really what I'm getting at. And then when someone sticks around long enough, they're gonna start just like the, good sidekick 
being loyal because we're loyal back through consistency. Yeah, you know, I, I want to jump on that too, Ben. This is instead, say, I want to say something that you've often said, you know, the first thing you got to do is be a student. And it's, it's easy to model behavior that you see. Sensei Suino is like extremely loyal to Yamaguchi Sensei and Sato Sensei. Even though they're no longer here, he's still loyal to them. Like, I'd love to see, well, I wouldn't, but I'd love to see somebody go in in front of him and say something negative about Yamaguchi Sensei and see what transpired in the next few moments. Like, I would love Sensei Legacy to see somebody say something negative about Benny Allen to you or or Richard Kim and see what happens in the next moment. So it's easy for people like Sean and I to become loyal when we see that behavior has already been modeled for us. And so you're coming back to your question about how do we instill it today? You got to have a teacher and you got to demonstrate to your students what loyalty is to your teacher, what loyalty is to your style and what loyalty is to your club. And then I think when they see that, the right ones will stick with it and they'll develop it. Do you think that um, classical karate would promote that more than sport karate, even though there is loyalty is loyalty there, it has a lot of different faces, right? So do you think it's more so in classical arts? Like what I mean is we are loyal to our style. We follow certain men, we do certain things. So do you think that classical karate would promote that more than say a sport like even nhl teams anybody well we know people jump around on nhl teams right you know in professional sports that's a i'm sure there's some really wonderful relationships between coaches and players but there's also a really big paycheck involved you know yeah that, it's easy I, to be but I'll bet you some of those people are still good friends, even though the practical matter is right. You know, you're playing for the Maple Leafs, and uh, uh, you know, and the and the Red Wings offer you a huge paycheck. You go, but I'll bet you if you have a really good, you know, I was thinking about, um, Randy. You were saying the right people become loyal. That's interesting. Like, like we've talked about this before. You know, the right people become really good at your martial arts. The right people become your high level black belts. And I'm not sure that have thought about like what are those characteristics what makes somebody you know when they start you know they start because they're attracted to it they want to learn some self-defense it's cool it looks masculine they're looking for a father figure sometimes it's just i want that certificate right they're looking for that showdown or whatever and then at some point people you can tell people are part of the dojo and they're not just they're not just there for the next promotion or the next technique like they're just part of the zt is a great example of that zt is part of the jmac family and nobody can Anybody that spent time with ZT can tell that. Um, and then there's this other level of, of friendship, right? Like, uh, you know, the four of us on this call have that transcends even the dojo relationship. Um, and it's the right people for that job. I'm not quite sure how to define that, but there's levels to this loyalty stuff too, you know? I think um, another thing about that, Census Fino, is the history, right? So for your question, Census Legacy, I think classical martial arts promote it more because there's more tradition and there's more and those traditions like bowing when you step on the floor, calling your teacher sensei, like I think those things cultivate a, a level of loyalty just by the structure of them because you're being loyal to the past as well. Like that history comes, whereas I think if it's just a sport club, not so much. And I, we talked about the NHL. If somebody offer, I don't know, I'll use realistic numbers. 
Somebody offered me $5 million to pay for play one season for the Toronto Maple Leafs or $500,000 to play for the Montreal Canadiens. I would play for the Montreal Canadiens because I'm loyal to that history and that team and those players and what they did for the NHL. And I would rather be part of that than just have a whole bunch of money. And people might watch this and say, I don't believe him, but you're wrong. I <laughs> <laughs> Um, one thing I want to add about that too, is I do think, yeah, sport versus art, right? Like, you know, I love the BJJ, but 99% of the people I engage on it treated as a sport. Like I'm doing this thing. I'm preparing for my next tournament. This is how I'm going to get the most points by passing. And the BJJ world is way looser. Like <laughs> rarely do I see not, 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 but less so that allegiance to a teacher for life, um, it exists, but less so. And uh, I think that's a function of it being more sportive. Like, hey, if I go train with these guys across town for a month, I'll get a little of what they have and that'll up my thing. And that's cool. Nobody minds it. You know, the people are like, great, go for it, do your thing. But I, and I also think it's cultural, right? Like Brazil versus Japan in terms of like, where does the art come from and what's the culture and what does that culture demand from people? You know, the obeisance of the Japanese sensei Sweeney, you could probably talk more about that. But, you know, I think I think that's a big part of why our art, Okinawan through Japan, therefore has much more of that. Did you say anything, Randy? I did. did you have your turn? I did, yeah. Yeah. Okay. What, do you, what do you think about all that stuff though, sensei? You've asked the question. Well, I'm asking the question sort of to get the same answers that I have, sort of. The next things I was gonna say about it, uh, changing people's lives, for instance, a stranger walks in and um, he's going down the wrong road, sort of like what happened to me, uh, just going down the wrong road and you want they want to turn their life around. Uh, so they they give themselves to the sensei. Is that, is, could you classify that as loyalty or is that, loyalty to yourself to making sure that you know you promise yourself you're going to do something to make your life better well that makes me think that there's more than one kind of loyalty that there's that there's kind of uh transient loyalty stuff that comes in right you see you see an end you know you see a sensei or a role model and you go i want to stay with that guy and be like that and that lasts however long it lasts six months a year three months or whatever and then we've kind of talked about this other loyalty which is is um you know, no matter how long the time is, are you going to be at that guy's funeral, right? I mean, like there's a there's a there's another level of loyalty where you develop a relationship with somebody that is is generational. Yeah, I I think also uh, loyalty is what happens when you're not together, right? Like, you know, well, you, you know, sense of legacy that if or sense of you know if somebody walked in here and said something about one of you that didn't align with the way I felt, I'd be escorting them out the door in, in no uncertain terms. And you wouldn't have to be here and you wouldn't even have to ever know about that. That's, I would just do that. Like, that's just part of it. Like I'm not, Robert, who's hosting tonight. There's never a time in my mind when I think, oh, Robert would purposely do something to hurt me at his own best interest. Right. Like I, I don't question that at all. Like he, 
you know, if he had to hurt himself and not hurt me, I believe he would hurt himself first. And I believe that's a, even if I wasn't standing there and that's to me, a strong, a strong sense of loyalty. Um, and gratitude, I guess maybe we should be putting loyalty and gratitude together. <laughs> well, one idea too, that popped up for me, because I agree with that a million percent is just what you asked Hanchi, like, I don't think it has to start from a generous or good place. You know, I can walk in there with nothing but need, right? Like I need something to help me, 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 me. And that's okay because the loyalties will come over time if it's a place worth staying, you know? And I even think a 12 step, like I don't show up to an AA meeting because I want to give back to AA. I show up because I need to get through my fucking day. And then over time, I now go, I don't even think about drinking or using drugs. I go so that I can be there for the guy who it's his first night. And so, you know, showing up for a selfish reason, I don't think it negates eventual loyalty. So you're loyal to going every night just for yourself. Great. Then one day it'll just shift. You know what this reminds me of is like the commitment level that you need to put in in martial arts. We always say you're going to get the most out of martial arts when you put the most of yourself into it. You show up for training, you give 100%. I mean, to me, that's a that's a that's the why I was successful in Eido in Japan was I was 100% committed to it. Absolutely unreserved. And it seems like the loyalty is the same way. You know, when I have a student that brings that level of loyalty to me, it makes me a better teacher too, right? We both get more out of the relationship. Oh, yeah. Well, that's what I, what is the benefit of loyalty, right? Like if you're loyal, like what, what benefits, does it benefit anything like today, right? Mm -hmm. I'd love to chip in on that. Okay. I'll go to you first, uh, Benson, and then Sense of Legacy, and then Sense of Sino. Benson, what's the benefit of loyalty? I just lit up because of someone we know who I would argue might not be loyal, uh, who said they left you know, a certain organization, maybe ours, because they weren't going to get the scrolls. Oh, yeah. That guy's an and, idiot. Right. <laughs> and I remember standing beside this guy, and I was a neat <clears throat> at the time, second degree black belt. And all I could think is, I have the scrolls. Now, I don't run Legacy Shuranru, but I literally have access to you and Hanchi. And I can call Hanchi right now and go, Hanchi, can we work through this thing? And I can only read what I'm ready for, but he's got all of them available to me. And the idea that you would think that you need to be a titular head of something, he said tit, um, <laughs> the, the top of something, and that's what the scrolls are? Um, that's absurd to me. So what does my loyalty get me? Which was never the point. I literally have access to the fucking scrolls, like ancient shit that's just for me at any time. And the only thing I have to do is asked to access it and be ready to understand, or at least not even understand, read what I get to read. That's Sense insane. Legacy. What do you think the benefit of loyalty is? Sense of legacy. Why should people be loyal? That's a tough question. Um, You want me to come back to you? It's it's your yeah, but yeah, in a way, it's your duty uh, as part of being a martial arts teacher. You have to be loyal to your students. You have to try to 
teach them no matter uh, how much extra it takes one certain person as another, it's your duty to be loyal to all your students and to, uh, and to your art. And that, and that sort of was my next thing there. Are you loyal to the art or are you loyal to your teacher? For instance, I've had uh, three different teachers. I was loyal to each one individually, but they were all, you know, like different teachers that traveled along. So with me is, I'm a shore end guy. I think most people know that. And I'm loyal to my art. I wanna be able to show other people the best of my ability because I only trained one art all my life. I know others, thank you to Sensei Sweeno. I know EI as well, and I know White, White Crane, but Florin is the base. And are you loyal to that? Or are you loyal to the teacher that's bringing you there? That could be a question. It's a great question. Yeah, let's go back to that. But Sensei Sweeno, what's the benefit of loyalty? Man, this gets, this gets deep really fast. Um, you know, the benefit of loyalty is that it makes the organization stronger. You have a bunch of people that work together for common aims. As I said already, I think it makes the, uh, not just the relationship stronger, but both people can get more out of the relationship, right? The student that is loyal is going to learn more, not because the teacher necessarily favors them, although he or she probably will, but because here's where I'm going with this. The state of mind of loyalty is a, is a, productive state of mind. It's one that we seek after in traditional martial arts and it opens the vessel, right? Um, it's what I keep saying about Yamaguchi Sensei. I always joke that if he had said the way to learn swordsmanship is to go out in the road when there's traffic, <laughs> I would have run out there. Uh, yeah. I, but, but the state of me putting myself in that, in that, in that complete openness and just going, all right, Sensei, I'm a vessel. You, you tell me what to do. That was, you know, that was, that's, really powerful and then you get to i think you can learn at a level that's beyond your ability to learn when you do that right it takes you to a whole new another level of learning so there's both selfish and unselfish reasons for it um i'm so glad you asked this question hanji because as i think about it i think loyalty is one of the most important criteria mm. or virtues in our art i could so, add to that it, it could be like the glue that holds everything together mm. you know what i mean like uh, you really can't put your finger on it, but if it wasn't there, nothing would go right. So, Sensei, before we go to your question about teacher or art, like the only thing I want to chip in on this is that for me, the people that I'm loyal to and the people that are loyal back to me, I think you know each other more completely. Like in a world where everybody's trying to put their best foot forward and show, you know, this only one side of themselves. I know that if I'm with you guys, I can be at my absolute worst. And I don't have to fear about the relationship that I can, I can have that terrible day where I just, everything goes sideways and I'm, I'm swearing and I'm not the right person. I'm not the same person. And that loyalty is going to get me through that. And you guys are still going to see the complete picture, right? The good, the bad, all of it. Um, and I like to think too, that if, when you're loyal to people and they get to know you that way, there really is no surprises. It's very, a loyal relationship is a very honest relationship. I think mm -hmm. honesty goes hand in hand with that loyalty or you, if it's not honest, I think you break away from it. Mm -hmm. personally. Um, 
Have you said, have you had your turn there, uh, Edson? Well, we, in terms of the teacher art, I wanted to weigh in on that one. You know, you just mentioned the word honesty, Sensei Dauphin, which I think is so key to all of this. I learned that through learning what loyalty was, through consistency, all that stuff. Like, do, you know, show me, don't tell me. Like, that's a version of honesty. And if I'm being dead honest right now, like Sensei Dauphin, I'm more loyal to you than I am to Shore and Rue. I don't mind saying that. I, I went down and trained our karate for one hour tonight, dripping sweat alone before this workout. And I'm not thinking about Sensei Dauphin. You know, I'm not like, oh, Randy likes me. I don't. But my loyalty is through following the path you've laid out. And I don't think about it as much as Shore and Rue as I think about it as the path you've laid out and therefore the path I'm on following you. And I like that. And I know that when I think about then, let's say Alden, who's loyal to me, that's why I need my Shore and Rue to be as good as possible. Like in a weird way, I don't need my Shore and Rue as good as possible for you, Sensei Dauphin. I just need to do what you tell me. But then I need to make sure that that equals something I can offer Alden, who's offering me the same loyalty. So in a weird way, by not thinking about karate, but thinking about what does Sensei Dauphin ask me to work on? I then almost go, okay, but now I got to pass karate on to Alden. So my picture comes as a teacher more than as a student. But my loyalty, honestly, today, it's like, call Sensei Dauphin, be honest with them, see what comes next. Could I, could I just put something in here? To, I'm just going to ask you a question, okay? And we'll say Sensei Suino is a very sure-end practitioner with us. If tomorrow Bushi Sokan Matsumura had a seminar and your Sensei had a seminar at the same time, where would you go? Who do you want to answer, answer that? It's your answer. Who do you want to answer? Somebody. Yeah. <laughs> well, listen, listen, 100%, Hachi, you'd go to that seminar too. <laughs> that was my answer. Right. You may go to your sensei's dojo and find that he's gone to the seminar. Right, exactly, right. So is it the art or is it the sensei? Boy, that's a that's a tough one because I don't know my Iido art without Yamaguchi Sensei, but I expect yeah. my students to learn it through me as well, right? I think that yeah. I expect my students to be loyal to me to to have access. That's a the the concept's the same in 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 Iido. Yeah. We have the word direct transmission in Iido, right? And Muso Jikite direct transmission, pure faith Iido. Even though those words aren't in the title of your shorin, it's the same thing. You they, nobody has access to Shorinru without you, Hanshi. Now, because you could, you know, pass or, or, you know, become horrible or something and they'd find, but, but you've given them the, you gave them the conduit, right? You gave them the keys to the art before they moved on. I've answered that question before as well. I would go where you were sensitive. See, you are Sharon Rue to me. Matsumura is a figurehead of Sharon Rue, but I don't know what is Sharon. I, I'm going where I know I'm. So for me, I go where my teacher is because that's where Sharon Rue is as well. Like that's, I go where Sharon Rue and where my teacher is and where I know it is, that's where I'm going. I'm not going to something that I think it's going to be there or I'm hoping it's going to be there. Well, I, I, the thing though is that uh, would Sensei Yamaguchi know the art without his teacher? Right. Right. Yeah. So every, every and each one of the senses are uh, valuable. They have a certain value. Mm -hmm. 
But um, I just put that there to see if I could move somebody around on the loyalty thing. Yeah. And uh, uh, to me, I'm loyal to the art and I'm loyal to my senseis. Because without the art having been put there, none of us would have even met. None of us would be together right now. So it's the art. To me, it's the art. I'm loyal to my sensei because I, I've made that uh, arrangement with him that he was going to show me the art. If that sensei couldn't show me the art, then I wouldn't be loyal to him. And, and isn't it fair to say, if you're loyal to the art, that includes loyalty to your sensei. That's not part, right? That's you not could, separate. You could say that. Yeah. yeah, you could say it that way. And also, like, you know, again, we're not talking about like a, a Japanese feudal time where if you raise your hand, it gets cut off. Like, if there's Matsumura as a seminar and I go, Sensei Dolphin, is there any way we can do both? Like, is there any way, like, do you know Matsumura is having a seminar? Like, is that something you want to do yours on the same day of? And like, so what I'm saying is that, that that's a conversation where maybe it's an and, and I don't mean to devalue your question because I love it, but I do think <clears> that <throat> runs almost both ways. Like as a student, I almost feel like it's my job to say, Sensei Dolphin, do you know that we could go see Matsumura? And is that something that you want to do a seminar on the same day of? Um, but then whatever his decision is, I'd stick with. I just want to say this has actually happened I've been on the floor with Sensei Legacy and Sensei Sandoval at the same time. And Sensei Sandoval has told me to do something. And I've looked at Sensei Legacy and Sensei Legacy's nodded his head no. And I didn't do it. <laughs> <laughs> like, period. Yeah. That's and but I do agree with what you're saying, Sensei Legacy. I just think there's lots of shades of gray in what we're talking about. It's not like black and white and definitive. Yeah. Uh, sure. because you know, Sensei Legacy, you and I have talked about, like, one of the things is you have to have a higher order of, like, decision-making. So when, when I'm making decisions in here, I first think about what is good for Sharnru. Like, what is good for martial arts? What is good for Sharnru? What is good for Mugso, Jigden, Ishinri, Ayaido? If the answer is yes, this is good, then I proceed to my next level. Is this good for Legacy Sharnru? Is this good for JMAC? Yes. Next level. Is this good for the students in here? Yes. Is it good for me? No, it's not good for me. I'm probably still going to do it. If it's good for those other three things and it's not good for me, I'm probably still going to do it. And so I think that's where the loyalty to the art comes in. Right. And I don't, th I don't know. I hope I never have to be loyal to the art above my teacher or my teacher above the art. Like, because they're the same to me. The teachers are the living embodiment of what the art is. Also, I just want to throw out real quick too, Hanchi, like you've had a very different journey than us. Like you've just stayed teaching at the head of this organization for over 50 years. Your teachers didn't through either sickness or death or just moving on from the arts in a way that, so it makes so much sense to me that you kind of have a sense of art over loyalty because you were alone in the woods in a way that I never have had to be. So my art is my teacher, like Sensei Suino sort of said, but for many years, that wasn't the case for you. You're like, what the fuck is this art? And he, you know, I'm, I don't want to put that in your mouth, but it makes a lot of sense, which is why you're the head of our club. Yeah, um, great discussion. 
Well, it's we got a little more to go because effectively the same question came in twice from ZT and Mark Altamare. Um, basically, can loyalty be harmful when it's toward a symbol instead of a real person? Um, and is blind loyalty the dark side of the coin? Are you asking me that? Let's start with you, Hanchi. Okay. This style not likely will ever change. So it's something a little bit more uh, that you can grasp. And always when you walk back in the next day, it's the same. Sometimes your sense it changes. Sometimes that happens. So um, that's why I'm giving that answer. I've had three different teachers. I've been loyal to those men so that they would teach me the art. I had a goal. So again, um, we have different answers for, for that and it's all healthy. Mm -hmm. Loyalty has many different faces, like like we I said before. Mm -hmm. Sensei Sweena, what do you think about that? Is there a dark side to the coin? Is there blind loyalty that can be a problem? Yeah, I think on both ways. I think if the if it turns out that you're aligned with a sensei who is not a good human being, and they are manipulative, right, or use your loyalty for gain, for personal gain, and not for mutual gain, then that's a problem. And I think even if the sensei is a good-hearted person and is leading in the right direction, there's such a thing as, you know, loyalty to the point of ridiculousness where you do something stupid or you don't take good care of yourself or others because you have this idea that you're loyal, but in fact, you're actually doing something destructive, dressed up in loyalty's clothing. It's certainly possible. Everything, right? Nuance is everything, right? How to, the execution makes the difference. Yep. Sensei Dovat? I don't think that is loyalty. I think that's stupidity. <laughs> Honestly, I'm just, I, I don't, I don't, I think that's like cultish, whatever, you know, we talk about that. We're more clannish. We're more clicky. We're more like, you know, bonded together. Not that we're cutting our testicles off and waiting for a spaceship to come along because somebody said that that's what we need to do. Right. Like that's not loyalty. Oh, yeah. that's, that's not we're, oh, we're not. Damn it. <laughs> it's level 74, Sensei Sweeney. We're not there. Fair enough, fair enough. But, you know, when you said, like, I think, I'm not sure if it was ZT or Mark who said about uh, loyalty to a symbol or, well, that just exists everywhere, doesn't it? Right? Yeah. Like, countries, I mean, I've got it tattooed on my arm proudly. <clears throat> I'm so happy to have that club symbol on me for life. And I'm, I'm loyal to everything that that, all the history of that club and all the people who helped to build it. And I'm proud to be loyal to all of that. Some of them were good. Some of them were bad. Some of them were better. They all played a part in making it what it is. Mm -hmm. um, so, we just had an acting school in like Toronto in the States, one teacher who lives in both places. And it turns out they were a real cult of a place. And I did a post about this and I, and I believe it's true for martial arts. Like if somebody needs you to trust them before you trust them, that's for their benefit, not yours. Like if you if you move more slowly into trust, okay, you might not get the scrolls yet, but you're still getting great instruction. You know, if it takes you a sec to walk through the door of surrender because you have issues of trust from your childhood or this or that, or you just don't not sure if you like the person, that's fine. Their job is not to be your trusted everything night one. Their job is to show you hajidachi and how to make a fist night one or whatever they feel like showing you, and you pay them. Um, the other stuff is the benefit of time 
And so I think blind loyalty, yeah, it's not loyalty, it's stupidity. <laughs> and um, I also think too, like, always remember what you got in this for. Like I got in this to learn how to fight. And then when I fought people, let's say sparring outside of Legacy Shore and Rue, I tended to do okay. So I was like, great, you're getting what you came for. And then I kind of wanted to be like the monk who walks the planet like Kwai Chang came. And five years in, I realized I am looking at the world a little differently than my contemporaries. I don't know. I'm not there yet. I'm not, but I'm, I'm on a different path. And it's like, okay, I'm getting what I came for. If you're, if you're coming somewhere to learn something and then you put it up against someone else and you have to make an excuse for why it's not working, maybe don't be blindly loyal to that thing. Well, this, anybody want to chip in or should we do some quick intros and get to our next topic? Uh, let's do that. Um, you know, it's funny. I, I had messaged Sensei Suino tonight and I said, do you mind if I introduce Sensei Dauphin tonight? He said, go for it. And it's so funny because it's so much about this because the intro I wanted to give is Hanchi Legacy after three years of me training. And I've talked about this, so I'll make it quick. I said, look, I'm going to be in Guelph this summer and then I'm moving away. What should I do? And he pointed to Randy, who I knew but didn't know. And he goes, that's Randy. Go train with him. He knows everything I know. Or, or he can teach you everything I can teach you is how you phrased it. And I went and pulled up on my brother's motorbike in Cambridge to the park near Sensei's house. And that day was the beginning of something that I hadn't ever known before. And Sensei Suino, I know you're going to get this. Human to human instruction, not system to student instruction. When I was a ballet student, I loved Mrs. McLeod, but it was still ballet class. And it had a time and a rigidity. And even with you, Hanshi, I hadn't learned how to be more intimate as a human and let you know who I was. So I just showed up to class. But there was no way with Sensei Dolphin from that first day forward, where it was just me and him for two years minimum, to not be like, oh, this is just one man showing another man something. Try this. No, try it a little more like this. And I feel, I just want to say thanks and how grateful I am. And by the way, now I believe, Hanchi, you and I worked that way. Like, I learned what I call Okinawan karate from standing in a park with someone going, this is what you need today. This, because you, you are the class. And that's what I offered Alden and what we try to offer our students, even if the class is bigger. But I just, I learned how to learn a different way that we're just humans passing something on to one another. There isn't some... Blank, um, blank slate of something. And I'm really grateful, Sensei Dauphin, that you gave me that one person to one person. And Hanchi, I'm really grateful that you did the Harold Warden thing, which is you said, and yours was more geographic. Like, I can't give you what you need because you're too far away. So I'm literally going to let you be someone else's student. So I just want to say thanks to both of you for that. You're all That's my intro tonight. So who, is it me next or who's who's going now? Well, now I let me throw it to Sensei Suino because he kind of knew this was coming, so he can decide. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, I mean, I think everybody who is on this show is a longtime regular. If you're on YouTube, go watch a couple of the first shows and get our intros. Um, we're into a fascinating conversation already, and I think it's just going to keep getting better. So I don't want to bog it down with too much, uh, you know, too much background information. And, and if you're really not sure after all of this, then um, uh, come to one of our dojos and spend a few hours training and you'll understand everything we're saying a whole lot better. <laughs> I feel like we got to edit that out and that's our new intro every night. 
like go watch our episodes and come train with us all right okay well i'm gonna i'm gonna make some comments about everybody on the call uh it's so cool to shit that this is just one if you're watching this and thinking oh these guys are like they got a lot of good chemistry it's because of all the cool shit that we've done together right like i mean I've been in Vancouver with Sense Legacy and Benson and restaurants drinking red wine that makes you feel like you're going to fall down. I've been with Sense Suino in uh, in Japan with on a sushi carousel going around with a giant fish head. Um, you know, I've also been up in the mountains with him hiking. I've since Legacy and I have battled for thousands of hours, not hundreds of hours, thousands of hours fighting each other. Um, and all this stuff, I think, is what creates this loyalty and this cool thing and why we can do this together so much. And uh, yeah, I often say when, when people say, oh, who says you're you're this rank in Sharanru uh, Karate Jitsu? I say, do you know that well, my teacher is Gary Legacy? And then they go, oh, he's that rank. And when I say I'm a certain rank in and they, they say, oh, who says you're that rank? And I say, oh, do you know uh, Sensei Nick Sfino? They're like, he's that rank. So that's really cool that you could be that rank because you guys bestowed it on me and you recognized it in me. But it's also really cool when nobody questions it because they all recognize you two as well. <laughs> they just all recognize you guys as at the apex of your arts. That's my introduction, Benson, to... Sense Legacy and Sense Sfino. Awesome. And, you know, just one other thing, this, I don't want, this isn't about you, Sensei Dauphin, but you said the cool shit. Like, I called you today, you called me back. We had nothing to talk about and we spoke for over an hour. Like, I just, you know, like there was no, hey, I need to talk to you about this or Sensei. It was just like, hey, Sensei, what's up? And then all of a sudden an hour passes and I'm like, oh shit, I do have to get on with my day. And that's something, you know, I'll never take for granted. Um, I got a semi-deep question I want to get into. We'll see. Semi-deep? Semi-deep. That's the kind of podcast. Just the tip. <laughs> I got a just the tip question. Um, no, I'll tell you what I was thinking about. You know, so 30 years into my martial arts, I blow up my knee. And last year around this time, I'm sitting in my basement and I can't really do karate. I can mark it, but I can't. I'm basically just shuffling in a direction because my knee won't bend and I can't do any jujitsu. And so I'm like, fuck, I can't train my martial arts right now. And I go and I do my knee hand and basically I can bend my knee that much. My knee starts screaming. I back off. This is my martial arts training, i.e. I got to get trained to do martial arts. But what dawns on me one day, all you're doing is pushing your body to whatever today's limit is and deepening who you are within yourself as a result of what you're doing with your knee today so that you can be the best you could possibly be today. Now, no kicks were thrown, no grappling was done, none could be. But in that moment, I thought, well, this is all martial arts was ever supposed to be. Working to a physical extreme to strip yourself of who you think you are and find a deeper level and grow who you are. So my question is, at what point or maybe I'm thinking about this wrongly, could you truly abandon form and just be as a martial artist without having to, to cut 
And is there a point where that can happen while you're still alive? You don't have to be dead like Jonathan Livingston Seagull, but <clears throat> you still do it so you can pass it on. Let's start with you, Sensei Suino, because I see you really thinking about this. Well, yeah, I'm having a little bit of trouble understanding the question. I'm I, not I, doing actual karate, but I am doing what I consider perhaps to be the essence. Sensei Suino, you did it already. You wandered around in the woods and tried to abandon all the philosophy and then came back like... You've already answered that question before, so it, it bears you answering it again. Yeah. What does formless martial arts look like? And why do we need the form after you find formless? You know, you can argue that at a certain number, if you, if you, if you have God-given talent, good instructors, enough years of hard training, you can probably argue that you have some kind of essence of the martial art that you know. And then whatever you do after that, attempting to do it, whether it looks like the original art or not, is still that martial art. But I think it's an awfully long goddamn way down that road before you could say that. Probably way farther down that road than most people accept. Um, that's not to say there's isn't value in the other thing. Um, I don't trust. I don't trust pursuing a martial art that doesn't try to get as close to the template provided by the the, the predecessor teachers as possible you see what i mean it's not yeah. that it's not healthy it's not that it's not healthy you know like i, I like to say god loves those people too <laughs> uh it, it but but um <laughs> our job is to get as close to the template as we can right the our there's generations upon generations of teachers who 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 studied martial, martial arts made them better it, it descends from a time when the skill set was designed to keep you and your clan alive right and you were going to kill other people with it or be killed and um what randy's alluding to is the fact that after i was back for, from japan for a while i decided to say i'm going to throw the dogma out and figure out which parts of this martial art really legitimately resonate with me and i and i believe are proper and right like the techniques really are stronger you know the principles are really right and i abandoned the principles for a year and a half and when i came back you know, 85 or 90% of them, I put right back. I said, yeah, those are there for a reason. And the other stuff is just cultural stuff. And it's there for a different reason, but it's still there. Like, I just, I don't know. I'm really suspicious of a martial art, of a martial artist who isn't trying to get as close to their teacher's teachings as possible. Hmm. Hanchi, I'll go to you next. You know, at what point does formless exist? And at what point does it have to come back to a form or does it? Well, um, in my opinion right now, we have to sort of look at um, the evolution of somebody becoming a master. So first it starts with learning. Then once you've learned that, you have to master that. And then when you get to be in my age, when, I, when you sometimes forget stuff when you're teaching, you don't forget it, but you, know, you can't dig it up as readily as you used to. Then there's the retaining. And the retaining can take any form, whether it's physical, spiritual, or because um, one relates to another. Like the three entities of being a martial artist, for instance, is learning, mastering, and then retaining. You don't have to be, to remember a kata, you don't have to stand out on the floor if you've already mastered that kata. <clears throat> you need to, to use your mind to bring to retain what you're doing. Like I, I sometimes go through cutters just in my mind when I'm sitting there. 
not doing anything. I'm not going to stand up while I'm waiting for my doctor and start doing karate or something to that effect, you know? Mm-hmm. So uh, I feel that three do- through those three things, it, it pretty well covers almost everything. Sense so, it you- Oh, sorry, Hanchi. Okay, so by you, whatever you were doing, you were doing your martial art. It was just a small shadowed part maybe uh, in your mind, but everything. That's why you you really can't skip any part of it. Uh, like I've had people say to me, well, we just use the important things. Well, you're not gonna get in a fight with a good fighter and just use some things. You have to know what he knows or you have to be in a position to be able to understand immediately what he knows and react to it. So, but what you were doing was just part of being a martial artist. Right. Sensei Dofat? It starts with technique. And the goal is for you to assimilate that technique into your being and who you are. And on the outside, it'll look very similar. And on the inside, it will be different for each individual person. Um, but the end result, when applied, will be the same. Mm. So it's it's weird, right? Because you start, you want to learn these techniques because you want to be able to do this thing. You do those techniques long enough, they become part of you. You continue to do them. It's different for me than it is for you, Benz, but the end result will be the same if somebody grabs a hold of either one of us. It will be instant enlightenment for that person. Okay, so I don't know. And I don't, uh, I don't know. I value the, the, the systems, like Shura and Ruru, like that. It is a style. I've said this before. It's a style. It has a certain look, but it's a system that builds you from the beginning and then continues to build you. And I don't know how you just all of a sudden say, well, I don't, I don't need that. Like that's, mm-hmm. I, I, don't, I don't know. Like I, I can't, I don't, I think a certain way and I'm not saying I'm right. Like at census, you said, God loves those other people too. Yeah. <laughs> <Right>? like, <laughs> um, <laughs> I love that what I'm hearing, because I was really asking that question for an answer, not as much, because I thought I had one, is that that work on my knee, let's say, is just a great reminder slash move forward of how to then go back and train the other stuff. Like, apply that back now. You know, let it ping pong a bit. I like that. I'm, I'm excited. <laughs> I might go down to the gym tonight when this is done and try some more stuff. Um. Anybody got a thought? By the way, to the people watching uh, who are with us live, um, I did forget to mention, and I'm sorry to Mark and and to to ZT, we actually mean to put our camera on you on the host chat. And uh, I honestly just forgot that. So, um, you know, if you have another question or whoever else has a question, we'll remember to do that. And do remember to tell Robert uh, whether you do, or sorry, I believe it's, uh, who is it tonight? It's Robert tonight, right? Uh, Whether you do or don't want that. Um, So my bad on that one. But um, Who's got a thought? Who's got a question for us? The pause. I got one based on what you and I are talking about today, Sensei Dauphin. Oh. Let's I say have- you're the best, you know, uh, competitive martial artist in the world. You win gold at the Olympics or you're the best UFC fighter who, who ever lived. Can you truly be considered a martial artist if you don't pass it on? 
or were you just a great competitor who took what you could get and did great? Well, in my the first thing that hit me is that that is a sport. It's not an art. MMA, they're in there fighting for money and a prize. So right away, the goal, and it's just like, is it not really honorable to be a, an Olympian? Who wouldn't want to say, not that I won, but I'm a, an Olympian. But I'm, I've done, I'm on my 53rd year of martial arts, and I probably will die a martial artist. Whereas an athlete has maybe 10, 20 years a lifespan, and after that, they're all beat up and cut up and have $100 million in the bank. You know, it's something a little bit different. Not that I wouldn't mind that $100 million. So, Hanchel, yeah. If I had to trade, I wouldn't. And I know it sounds like baloney, but Randy, I think, knows me his best. He knows I wouldn't. I just stay simple like I am. So I'll ask everybody this because I think it's the important follow-up is what's the difference then? So let's say you're an Olympic caliber karate competitor. What's the difference then be between at 50 still being a martial artist? Uh, who do you want to go? Like, who are you talking to? Well, ben? I'm asking Hanchi as part two of that, and then I'll make that the same. Okay, could you say that again? I sort of got lost there. Oh, yeah, no, just what? what's the difference then once, like, is it just that you still do it? Is it that you teach it? Like, when someone quits competing at 38, what makes them a martial artist at 48? Well, that's the difference. They're not. Like, if you're training for a sport, you're one looking to... Um, to win a medal or to get paid or to um, what you do it for is not that these people aren't good. Like if you watch the ladies in the Olympics doing kata and the bunkai, it's I could just sit there and I choke up sometimes. It's, it's so good. But whether they will return to being a grandmaster and passing an eighth and ninth and the tenth then and that are the, are the hardest lessons to learn because um, you have to be able to lead other people who reach that level, right? And if you just um, go for 20 years, you're not going to do it. Martial arts will not reveal their secrets to you unless you learn them. And, you know, I, at first I thought it was, that was, pardon me for saying this, bullshit. <laughs> But uh, it's true. I, I today, still today, gain benefits and from just being in a martial arts and then somebody will say something or something will happen. And then just another little piece, another little dot on my map appears. And um, it pushes me towards enlightenment. In other words, by enlightenment, I mean knowing a lot about myself and a lot about my nobody's nobody is going to get anything like it's a it's a definite nobody who doesn't reach an eighth dan will be able to teach someone who is a seventh dan because you haven't walked the path mm. does that make sense yep sensei suino yeah you know i think i'm coming to uh at least a temporary idea of how to answer this question um, 
if we're talking about somebody who is a martial artist in the highest sense of the word, then, then the only way they qualify is if they're part of that chain, that unbroken chain of making sure the martial arts continue to exist and improve forever. Uh, this is what I'm, I'm responding to the question and what Hanchi said. Um, uh, for example, your Olympian goes in, wins a gold medal, quits, never does martial arts again, and goes off and does uh, starts a um, uh, uh, automotive repair company. They're not, they're not, they don't fall into that category of martial artists in the highest sense. Mm -hmm. uh, but a martial artist goes in, competes hard, maybe never makes the Olympics, does pretty well, wins a few medals, stops competing for some reason, but then um, goes to martial arts seminars, advises younger people, helps to support the martial arts community. Even if they never put on a gi again in their life, they're still part of making sure that unbroken chain of that martial art continues to exist. And I think that, right, that's a higher qualification. That's martial arts with quotes around it, with capital M, capital A. Um, so it's interesting. I mean, I haven't really thought about it that way. You could, um, you know, in, in all its richness, the best thing to do is to train every day, to think about it deeply, to make a lot of good students, to compete, to read, to pass it on, right, all of its fullness. But there's a lot of people that get pretty close to that top category and maybe not do all of those things. What if you have an injury? There's a gentleman on this call, one of our super fans, who had a massive injury to both his knees, and yet he's every bit of martial artist, and he still helps keep the community of judo alive, right? So, yeah, I mean, it's interesting, but like all these questions, it's a little bit complicated. Mm. Thanks, Sensei Sweeto. Sensei Dope? Well, what's your, your first commitment to martial arts is wrapping a white belt around and walking into the dojo. That's when you're a martial artist, right? You can define yourself as a martial artist on that day. Mm. I came in, took my, took my socks and shoes off, tied a white belt on and got on the floor. I'm a martial artist. Um, but I think the nature of your question is a little bit, what's the difference between, say, a combat athlete and a martial artist? Sure. Right? Because I think you're a martial artist, you win a gold medal, um, you go back to the dojo, you keep training, you're still a martial artist, you're a UFC fighter, and you pick up some karate, you pick up some BJJ, um, you get in really good shape, you win a world championship, then you're done. Sorry, that to me is not a martial artist. That's a combat athlete. That's, that's fine. That's, that's great. I respect those people. There's there's no problem with that, but that's not a martial art because when they're done, they're just taking for their own personal gain and then they're sidestepping once they have that gain, right? I think martial artists live a life of a higher purpose. They get a lot of gain and then in return, they give a lot back mm. and they carry that forward. And I think that's how you become the best martial artist. It's not just what you can do, how hard you can hit the bag and how many trophies you won. It's really about going back. Are you loyal to your art? Are you loyal to your teacher? Are you passing that forward to other people? When you're gone and you're a picture on a wall, if you're lucky enough to be a picture on a wall, I mean, sorry, like I, you can think of UFC athletes, their picture's never going to be on a wall. It's just never going to. Like, were they part of martial arts? Yeah, but they were a combat athlete, part of martial arts, not, they're not going to be a, 
picture on a wall. Nobody's going to be emulating them a hundred years from now saying, I want to be able to do it like that unless they want to just fight. Right. right. Yeah. For me, the idea, and I don't know where I got this. I probably got it from you, you too, or maybe from like a Zen flesh, Zen bones type thing is just how important the river is. You know, if I, if I bring nothing in, then the river's going to dry up. And if I only take in, it's just going to flood everything around and there's going to be no benefit. I got to be part of the flow. And uh, I like that. That works for me. And I don't know why for me, that's a part of martial arts. I, it just is, you know, and it is, you know, too early on, I don't know enough to pass anything on, but eventually I want to be in the middle of it. <laughs> you know, I want to be in the middle of it. Like, honestly, Hanji Legacy, like, you're the person I'm sort of least jealous of for your position, most for your knowledge, but least for your position. Because I feel like I get to take the most on this call of anybody. Um, you know. I've, uh, I've often had seminars and um, we'll talk about John Therrien. I was speaking with him and um, one day I just sprung it onto him. I said, um, you know, you got a lot of people out on the floor there. How many of them, how many fourth, fifth, sixth, red belts in that actually attend a class? You think they know it all sometimes. I had, uh, I have, I'm having a white grain um, camp uh, this summer. And uh, I put it out there, like these camps and these things that I teach, I, I can teach the rest as well, but I put it out there and I told him, he, and he, he looked at me and went, wow, that's a whole new category that's never been. Because you don't find six, seven, eight, nine dance going to seminars. You know what they do? They stand at the side and mm -hmm. let everybody look at their belt. They don't go on the floor. I had a seminar, they were all, nobody was a fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh man. Doug Nispel is the only guy who really contacted me about it. You know, there, Doug, thanks for calling me. Yes, sir. But I think that people are afraid to learn. They, they're afraid to lose their position because they become a student. Uh, they're so wrong. That's why there are ninth and 10th dads. Or we should just stop at a fourth dad and you can all stay, we can all stay stupid. <laughs> <clears throat> I included myself on that because I don't, I'm not pinpointing anybody. I'm just trying to say how how everything works. I'm a tenth and I put on seminars and classes, and I never see red and white belts in the class. Why is that? That's my statement. Yeah, you, well, you you're know, red and white belt. You answer that. The answers are not complimentary. <laughs> well, or the answer could be they're loyal to their style and they don't want to learn that new thing. That could How? be. How in the hell do you think that I got to get that down? I went and trained with, Randy is my witness and so is Sean. I went and trained with my sensei. My sensei was like an eighth, ninth and a tenth down. I followed him for 30 years. Uh, he's a little bit out of commission right now, but uh, that's, how I, that's how I got here. I got, I, I don't see other people. I don't see those other red and white belts training. Well, I just want to say too, like this goes back to that first question about loyalty. Like 
you know, you taught us how to be a teacher. Bring your students to go learn other things. I remember being at seminars with people who shall remain nameless, where we all looked at each other and went, but we were there still. We were on the floor. We were trying the stuff. We were yes. looking for the person who had some knowledge and we weren't even shitty about it to them. Maybe we later went, yeah, no, but I'm doing that with you. I'm not doing that as a story you're telling me of how you used to do it. And now I have to do it. We're doing it together. And that goes back to that, that idea. It's like that gets built in by how the teacher does it. I don't go, hey, Alden, go to Kitchener. I go, hey, Alden, let's go to Kitchener. You know, like it's, uh, it's very different. And I think that I hope, I don't know, I can imagine people feeling, and this isn't the right feeling, but, um, you know, as I get closer to 50 than 40, I have to work harder to keep my kicks at head height. Like I just do. That's what I was practicing tonight is making sure I got that knee up. And that's what I've been working on for like a year because I realized my kicks got lower than I wanted. And the point is, is that Alden doesn't have to worry about that right now. You know, his, his flexibility is, is more inherent. And so I'm like, okay, I can step off the floor and be the guy with the gray beard who's got the knowledge and no one quite questions it. And then if I throw a kick and it's only nipple height, um, it's not that impressive. It's not as impressive as the mystique I can create. But I'd rather be the guy who's throwing great kicks lower. I'm, I'm not right now, but eventually, um, than not throwing them at all. Because I'd rather my students see me at 60 and 70 throwing the best I can with the mystique of knowledge. But I think some people don't want to do that. Sensei Suino, you, you got a thought for sure right now. Well, if you mention boobs one more time, we're going to have to change the name of this podcast. <laughs> milk chat. <laughs> yeah, man. Well, um, you know, this is one of those questions that gets a little more complicated when you really dig in. Because the truth is, there are a lot of people teaching martial arts seminars that I think would be a waste of time to go to, right? And it might not be a waste of time for everybody to go to, but they might be a waste of time for you to go, Sean, or you to go, Randy, right? Um, based on your knowledge. On the other hand, there's a lot of martial artists out there who would be very valuable and it would be very valuable to go to their seminars. So by and large, I think the attitude that Hanchi was referring to is that no matter how high you go, the best title you ever have is this title of student. And you should remember that and live into it. But at the same time, we have enough experience and knowledge to know that it would be stupid and a waste of time to go to train with certain people, right? Mm -hmm. So the, there's layers to this onion. And, and, and uh, you know, I'm certainly going to judge people who stand around with their arms folded too much. But maybe, just maybe, I'll have a conversation with them and they'll say, well, you know, I, that, that guy on that mat there is okay, but he's just not, you know, a guy I want to train with. So, mm -hmm. you know, I, I guess it depends on how you how you peel this particular onion. Love that. Um, let's go to Cam Morton. Cam Morton, uh, if I, it doesn't say on video. I don't know if we're doing video or not. I'm going to give five seconds for that to be video or not. And if Cam, just put Cam's video on. Just put okay. it. He didn't get the Oh, Cam is looking good. Hey, Cam, what's shaking? Uh, not much, Sensei. How about you? Not much. I really like this question. And uh, let's have you ask it. And then you can decide in what order we answer it. Um, so yeah, I'm very new into my martial arts career. So yeah, if you were to go back in time and, uh, go back to the beginning of when you guys began, uh, training martial arts, uh, what is something that you would do different 
um, to make yourself an even better, better martial artist today? Who do you want to start with? Uh, Sensei Suino. Easy question for me, Cam. I started judo in 1968. And if I were going to be better today, that would have meant I would have been more committed to my training. I would have done it more often and I would have taken fewer breaks, right? To go off and pursue gymnastics or anything else like that. So just more consistent, more focused training. That's it. I... Who's next? Uh, Hanchi. Well, there's, I have a couple of cheap answers there. Um, one would be uh, move in with my sensei. <laughs> and my second answer is I would do nothing different. Hi. I I did everything I could. Uh, uh, and I don't mean that in a bragging type of way. Uh, at my uh, uh, very simple ways of my life, I tried everything I could. You know, I'm, I'm not the most intelligent, I'm not the most physically fit. I had to work very hard for what I got. So I'm not, I can't like Randy or Benson, I, I can't do those kicks. I had to work very, very hard to stretch and do all that stuff. So I would say that because I'm here now that I must have done some things right. And with that, I think I would just not change anything. Yeah, I appreciate that. Uh, Sensei Dolphin. I'm going to give the same answer as Sensei Legacy. And again, I'm not bragging. I wouldn't do anything different. When I started training with Sensei Legacy, he'll, you'll be able to tell if I'm lying by, there wasn't like, I, when I first started, there wasn't one dojo. There was like three or four or five dojos. There was, so I went to Western two nights a week. I went to St. Thomas two, three nights a week. I would sometimes go to the London Y and train one night a week. But when I started training from the first time I started, I was training three, four, most times four or five days a week. Um, the only thing I would do different is try and talk Sensei Legacy into opening a full-time dojo sooner than he did so that I could have been in there possibly even more um, than I was. And I would have. Um, and so I don't know. I don't, you asked the question. I'm, I'm not sure what I would do different. I think I would do it the same, but maybe since Reno would say something different about me, maybe they would say, no, you should have done this. I, I don't know. Yeah. Last but not least you sensei Benson. Yeah. I'd have invented Bitcoin and then been so rich. I'd have more time to train and pay for all my sense. No. Um, well, kind of not kidding. No, look, if knowing what I know now, look, because I'm, I'm with Sensei Dauphin and Sensei Legacy, I've only ever been able to walk my path and I've always walked it fully. And I'm not at the point of no regrets yet, but I understand what people mean when they say it. There's no way I could have done anything but what I did. Now, let's forget that because that is true. Um, knee, shoulders, elbow health. Like I'm kind of talking to young, newer people like know that your knees, your shoulders, your elbows are going to pay a pretty big price throughout this hips as well. I think it's hand in hand with the exercises. So look at that. I would have started jujitsu earlier only because I love it now and it doesn't compromise my shore and root, but I do think it would have, if I'd started too soon. So I, I wouldn't start right out of the gate, never would have paused. I never did pause, but I let other things get more important. 
Um, it's so funny, right as Hanshi said it, I typed lived with Sensei and Hanshi. Like I would have asked each of them, can I live with you for six months or a year each? I mean, fuck when I'm 22, like what else is more important than spending that time literally living in your karate teacher's basement learning? Like be awesome. Sensei's like, no. When you were 22, there's no chance I would have let you live with me when you were 22. <laughs> there would have been way too much drugs and prostitutes in my basement. Like, well, yeah. <laughs> um, and then the last it's one. On record now, folks. Yeah. No, I started when I was 18 and I was quite fit, you know, and I, um, the first time I got really rocked in the head a bunch of times, I realized I didn't mind it. Um, I would have done a mixed martial arts fight. I would have wanted to in the 90s at the time when that was a growing sport explored that win lose or draw just as a way to see what that's like i mean i had a guy a few years ago suggest i do a cage fight and i was mid 40s and i'm like no thanks though i appreciate the compliment <laughs> on my stuff but like that's not of an interest to me whatsoever and i don't lose sleep over it but if you told me at 1920 that it's like i could gun toward like a fight by the time i'm 22 while still training my karate classically i i think i would have enjoyed that all right so Cam, listen, um, because you said you're relatively new, you're like brand new. You're like a baby martial artist. You're the biggest. <laughs> you're the you're the biggest baby martial artist on the face of the earth. <laughs> yeah. Can't tell. Cam is six foot seven, and he oh. he's six foot seven, and he's much smaller than he was seventy five days ago. He's he's. What are you? How far are you down now, Cam? Uh, 31 pounds sensei since April 1st. Yeah. So you're, you're down to about 379 pounds, right? Yeah. Yeah. So congratulations <laughs> on that, mister. But, uh, you, sensei. what you need to do and any of the senseis can correct me is you need to just keep coming to the dojo like you're looking for some secret answer that one of us, so you won't make the same mistake. The mistake is if you don't come to the dojo, if you can come to the dojo three days a week, come to the dojo three days a week. If you can only come one day a week next week, only come one day a week. If you can come five days the next day, come five days the next day. If there's a class at like 2.34 a.m. and you can make it, get your ass to that class, right? Come to the dojo as much as you can. Yeah. Thank you so much, Senseis. Nice to Thanks, meet Cam. you. Good for you on uh, getting those goals nice going. To see you. Thank you. I appreciate that. Thank you. Thank you. He's competing at the Windsor Open. All right. Coming up. He's competing. Um, all right. We're going to kick you off the camp. So I got two more vid questions, I think, and then we'll go talk about that kind of thing. Right, Sensei Dauphin? Okay. So ZT, we screwed you earlier. So pop back on because this is a cool question. There she is. ZT. ZT. Hello. What question did you all ask? Well, you've got the one about Spider-Man, and then you get to decide who answers it in what order. All right. Um, um, I forgot what I said. Um, there's, a, there's a quote um, from Spider-Man that says, it's interesting. It says, anyone can wear a mask, so anyone can be Spider-Man. Do you think that anyone can be a great martial artist if they can overcome their like mental life obstacles? 
Great question. Who do you want to ask first? I'm sorry. I'm not quite sure I grasped that. I'll, re I'll read the question out loud again, Hanchi. There's a quote from Spider-Man that says, anyone can wear the mask. Anyone can be Spider-Man. Do you think anyone can be a great martial artist if they overcome their life's obstacles, mental and physical? Is it my turn? <laughs> well, anyone can wear the mask. No, not everyone can be Spider-Man. What do you mean? Just what I said. <laughs> like, I can dress like Spider-Man. I'm not him. I don't have his abilities. You know, I mean, this is a this is a movie, right? But I, uh, it symbolizes something. You know that uh, it's what's on the inside. In my opinion, makes that person. All martial arts, for instance, or uh, EI is different than Shorin Ryu. Shorin Ryu is different than Jiu-Jitsu, but the the life lessons and the internal lessons are all the same. Doesn't matter what mask you wear, you'll never be what you, you are. Anybody, uh, Muhammad Ali can put the Spider-Man mask on, but he's not Spider-Man. He's something even greater, he's, he's Ali. Mm -hmm. What about you, Sensei Suino? Uh, anyone can put on the mask. Not everybody can be Spider-Man. Not everybody can be a great martial artist. However, what Hanchi just said was you can learn the same life lessons, right? When we ask our 10 questions and we say, what lesson would you give people or what benefit would you give people, even if they couldn't train? I think you can get the same, many of the same, most of the same benefits if you just try hard enough in martial arts. But I do believe that our potential as human beings is much greater than most of us think it is. Mm -hmm. And so if you stay a lifetime in the martial artist and you overcome your personal, uh, physical and mental obstacles, you can become great or much better than you are. But not everybody can become a great martial artist. That takes a confluence of luck, physical talent, the right teachers, uh, and a lot of other things. That's my answer. Good one. Sensei Dauphin? ZT, you're lucky because I know you and you're intelligent and you have the athletic capabilities and you're in the right dojo. So you're one of the lucky ones. So if you're asking the question based on yourself, I would say to you, you have unlimited potential young lady, but you have limited time. So you want to be careful how you spend that time. And you want to spend, if that's a goal for you to become a great martial artist, you can, you're one of the people who can totally do it. But you got to make sure you don't waste a lot of your time. Um, but martial artists don't shy away from certain topics, ZT, and not everybody. Not everybody will be a world champion. Not everybody will have the same athletic abilities. Not everybody. I'm going to quote Sense of Legacy. You know, think of 10 pennies. Some people have 10 pennies and some people have seven pennies. And no matter what they do, they're not going to have 10 pennies. They're only going to have seven pennies. So they got to do as much as they can with the seven pennies that they got. But they're never going to be able to do as much as the person with 10 pennies. They're just, they're not going to, if both people are training equally hard in the same dojo, doing the same things, the one who has those, 
couple of extra gifts is going to go a little farther. Um, so everybody can put the mask on, but not everybody can be Spider-Man. Um, I'm going to go a slightly different direction with this and say that based on your question, like the obstacles are the thing, right? Like if you can overcome life's obstacles, because so few people even have the ability to do what they say in or outside of martial arts, right? Like, but if you can get over that obstacle, you can now train consistently. And then if you can get over the obstacle of whatever, um, you know, prevents you from thinking, oh, my one leg's shorter than the other, so I can't be great. Well, that's one of your obstacles. But we know that that we know Superfoot Wallace can do that. So the point is, is that there's so many obstacles that nobody gets rid of all of them. But the point is, is can you get seven out of, if you have seven pennies, can you be a seven out of seven penny martial artist? So you can be great. I think anybody can be great if they get over their obstacles. But that if is the thing that 1% of people do. So your question contains within it its own obstacle. If you overcome those obstacles, of which there's no limit to how many there are, we've talked about it on like our second show, right? Oh, the train crossed, so I couldn't go to class because... It took it's like if, if you call that one of life's obstacles, you'll, you're never going to be fucking great. And the thing that Sensei Dolphin and I have been talking about nonstop lately is solutions, not problems. If you find the solution to every obstacle, you'll be great no matter how many pennies you're born with. What I'd like I, to say here is, is that ask anybody on, on the program here, ask them. What kind of a life do you lead? Do you have a good life? <laughs> I I have a wonderful life. But you know why? Because martial arts has given me confidence. It gives me understanding. Mm -hmm. And I don't have to waver my path for anybody in life. But because I'm not afraid of anybody beating me up, I mean, other things could happen. But you have a life full of confidence and understanding and and to move forward. And it gives you all that other stuff that people don't talk about. So my life, personally, I had a great life. Hmm. Never scared of anyone pushing me around or I always could help my neighbor. I've done a few things to help other persons. And if I hadn't done martial arts, that part of it I would have never got. So... There are there are some hidden things that nobody hardly ever talks about. Mm. Well, yeah, I'm not sure. ZT, am I going to see you in a couple of weeks? Are you going to the dinner? Are you going to the JMAC dinner in a couple of weeks? Oh, yeah. Yeah. All right. Punch, kick, choke, chat. We did that last time. You punched me and kicked me and choked me, and we chatted a little bit too. <laughs> uh, that's a good one. She uh, did. I'm not even exaggerating. She did. She literally, we did all those things. We we punched each other and kicked each other and choked each other and chatted with each other. It was awesome. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Right on, ZT. Well, we're going to let you go and get to two more ideas and then uh, wind the show up. Thanks for your questions tonight.
to anybody who's watching, she got two questions in, including on video and semi-asking none. So I'm chastising you all. Um, so I want to throw these two questions around the horn uh, as one so that we can each answer them. Um, Al Panakia, friend of the program, super fan. Do you pick Cobra Kai or Miyagi-Do? And then a question with no name on it, which no one wants their video for. This idea of 30 years as a serious martial artist, 30 years to be one, does that have to be continuous or can it be accumulated over longer time? Let's start with you, Sensei Dofan. Both questions. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. Um, I like both Cobra Kai and Miyagi-Do. I like them both. Like, um, But if I, I'm probably like, 51% Cobra Kai and 49% Miyagi-Do. That's, that's probably who I am. Like, um, <clears throat> only because I'm talking about Johnny Lawrence, not the other guy, right? Like, if we're talking about Daniel and Johnny, that's, I'm probably 51 Johnny and 49% Daniel. Um, and then I don't know how to, I don't know, like, cause I've not had unbroken times in martial arts. So I, I don't know. I, I don't, I'm going to pass on that one. Right on. Sensei Suino. I don't really know how to answer that question. I'm not quite sure what the implication is. Um, so I like cool martial arts. I side with whatever one is cooler and tougher. Uh <laughs> um, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> the whole point is never quitting, right? You can have unbroken, you can, you can, you can have, I mean, you know, who among us hasn't been injured and been out for a little while or who hasn't, you know, and there's gotta be people who have transferred jobs or yeah, no, hundred percent. It's uh, uh, it's accumulated knowledge over time. So 30 years is by the way, 30 years is the, the minimum, but if it takes you 47 years to accumulate 30 years, so be it. Just yes. once you get to that point, don't quit after that. Nice. Punch legacy. <laughs> You have to have uh, some continuous training. You can't go for a couple of weeks then not train because karate builds on itself. It builds on learned behavior and reactions um, so that it needs that consistent pressure in order to drive you forward all the time. And I like Cobra Kai, not, not the ideals, but the fighting. The fighting, I like that. That blonde guy who got that kick to the face. <laughs> He's I think that's what the program's about, though. They're trying to move him into because in, in my opinion, when I watch the show, uh, he is a way better martial artist than mm. the other guy. As a, as a matter of fact, I think the other guy is not. There she goes in some weird way. Well, anyway. on that note. On that note, I'd say I'd fight either one of them. <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, yeah, Sensei Panaki, I only I, I haven't really kept up with the series, believe it or not. So uh, going back to like me in the 80s, 99% of the reason and one the other 1% Jean-Claude uh, is it's uh, Miyagi. It's I'm a full on karate kid kid. And uh, when he does that kip up when he's on his back and he flips up and I'd like cheered in the theater and looking back at him now, a little dated and all that, but no, nah, man, that's, that's part of the reason I'm here. So I can't pretend no matter what they do with the YouTube show, as far as the other, you know, I really like what Hanshi said. Like, I agree with Sensei Suino, but again, I'm going to use a sobriety example. You'll get people who are two weeks sober 
but they've put together like 15 years over the last 35. That two week sober person, I'm not listening to a ton. I'm really fucking glad they're in the room. I'm really glad they're there and I'll do anything to help them, but they're not who I'm going to. And I don't really think about that as continuous martial arts isn't quite the same, but I think those breaks are really detrimental, but also these aren't tools to beat ourselves over the head with like they're motivators, like 30 years is a, is a concept and it's like, Oh fuck, I'll never get it. I, why would I bother training? No, 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 don't do that. But don't go in and out. Like, just don't go in and out. There's no need to go in and out. Just train. Even when I was at my worst, I never stopped training. I just trained badly and not as much as I should have, but I didn't hang up the gi ever. And even that was like crap. Just don't hang up the gi. You know, keep it in your laundry room and folded and ready for the next class. Um, we have not a ton of time, but Sensei Dauphin, do you want to crack into the upcoming events we've got? Yeah, there's some, <clears throat> su not surprising. Uh, June 17th, and you got until Saturday to get your shit into Sensei Copeland uh, for the tournament for pre-registration. You can't walk up to the door and register at uh, this tournament. You got to get the stuff in beforehand. Uh, but I know a lot of us are going. I know lots of Legacy Charanru people are going. Um, I don't know. I think Legacy Charanru is going to have around 25 or 30 people there. Um, we want all the trophies, and then we want all the extra trophies that he has left over. So, <laughs> <laughs> And uh, I know since Sino's got people coming for their very first tournament they've ever gone to, they're, they're coming from Ann Arbor, Michigan to compete in the Windsor Open. I'm just so pumped to see him be at that event. To me, that's another one of those we're back type of events, right? Like the Windsor Open is on, martial arts is back. Um, if you've never gone, be part of the cool kids and show up and, and go to that tournament. Uh, and if you need to get there, let me know. I'll drive you there myself. Um, then we have our, our annual karate camp, uh, Camp Bushi. That's July 9th to the 15th. And Sensei Legacy was talking about, he's going to be teaching some white crane. I know Sensei Canispel is coming down. Anybody who's watching this, if you're interested to come down and do some training with Sensei Legacy, uh, please come on down. Um, we'll be there every day from the 9th to the 15th. Um, there'll be younger people, but often adults. Like I know Sydney Dauphin will be there. I know that Sean Pluard is going to be there. A lot of these people who've gone to this camp as kids grow up and then they want to keep coming back and they're excited to come back and be part of it. We'd be excited to see you if you want to show up. Come for a week, come for a day. Um, and then, it's an, sorry. It's an overnight camp too, you might want to mention. Yeah. For the kids. For the kids or anybody who wants to stay overnight. Yeah. You need a tent and a sleeping bag, right? Or... <laughs> Or if you're nice to sense Lacey, maybe he'll let you go to his house and sleep on his couch or something. But I'll be I'll be in the camp sleeping overnight in a tent. <laughs> um, <clears throat> and then uh, what's the date, Sensei Suino, for the Midnight Crucible? Midnight Crucible, Saturday, September 16th. It will end on Sunday, September 17th. 12 hours of training through the wee hours. Fuck <laughs> yes. Normally we do the crucible. If you've not, not known with the legend of the crucible, we go 6 a.m. to 6 p.m. We do four hours of striking, four hours of grappling, 
or four hours of throwing and then four hours of grappling. And, you know, there's instruction too. It's not just a free for all for 12 hours. Um, but this time, um, since Asfino and his wicked mind has come up with 6 p.m. till 6 a.m., which I am totally excited about. I'm going to do it. I can't wait. Um, so what it means, says Sestrino, is I'm not leaving on Sunday like I normally do. <laughs> <laughs> well, and just remember, um, September 17th is my birthday, and that is the the celebration of uh, 370, that would be 375 days of no alcohol for me. So Ooh. it's possible <laughs> that I will have a cocktail on the morning of September 17th. It's possible. I'm just saying. <laughs> well, listen, I tried to get off of Monster and then you got me back on to it. <laughs> I tried to get off of alcohol, so I'm for sure going to get you back on to yeah. it. <laughs> um, Speaking of, I was just going to say, like, if anybody watching knows Monster Beverage uh, execs, sponsor this show, and then we'll drink Monster Beverages all night, because that's how I'm going to get through that thing. Send us cases of the white Monster Beverage with the sugar-free. I'm all about it. I'm putting the word out. We're putting it to the universe. We love Monster. <laughs> um, before we get to our, our our last thanks and our upcoming guests, last word to you, send say legacy for our night, our chat tonight. It was interesting. I thought it was, you know, on these nights, you really never know how it's gonna go, but uh it was um it was a lot of in-depth thoughts and it kept everything going. Uh, I think we had a good night and uh, uh thanks to everyone for showing up and making our show successful. Thanks, Hanchi Sensei Suino. Yeah, I just love this, man. Uh, I think we've all grown as martial artists. We've been able to think about issues in so much detail over the last three years of this show. Uh, I'm just so grateful to count you guys as uh, co-hosts, co-martial artists, and friends. It enriches my life beyond belief. And I'm looking forward to not just the next three <clears throat> years of this show, but the next 30 years. Fuck yeah. Do you think we could have a live one sometime? You know, where everybody shows up and and there's some type of an audience and you can turn right to them. Yes, sir. That might be a good idea sometime. We'll make it happen. It worked great at the May event last year. Yeah, it's yes, just, yeah. we we did actually do one, but we didn't yeah. tape. Sadly, we didn't tape it. Yeah. That'd be great. Um, Sensei Dovan. Yeah, I I do, I never uh there's always some level of anxiety when we have a guest on because you want things to go good for the guest and you want to, when we do these host chats, there's no level of anxiety for me. I just, through the day, I'm smiling. I'm excited to come on and chat about stuff. Um, whether we agree or whether we don't, again, like I know it's going to be fine at the end. Like nothing will change. We'll all just leave a little richer and with some deeper thoughts. I love these shows. You know, it's funny that I feel the exact same. Like when we have a guest, if we don't touch on enough of their stuff, it feels like crap, we didn't get into their life enough. But if we sit on one topic for 40 minutes, that's actually the better chat usually. And, and I like that. I like that a lot. And obviously I, I do feel really honored to be more a part of the discussion. Um, Sensei Dofan, why don't you tell us who, who we got coming up and then we'll say good evening. Uh, I only know one of the next three guests personally. Um... I don't know. So we're getting guests that are coming in now through the website, which is great. So please go to www.punchkickchokechat.com. 
If you have a guest that you think should be on, suggest that guest, put their name in. So Satsuna, you jump in when I say the name, if you know them better than me, but I don't know some of these people. So I don't know Ben Reeder. Do you, do you know him personally? Yeah. Uh, well, uh, I've, I've spoken to him on the phone. He is a, um, he's a friend of a guy who uh, is in the JMAC family. And uh, Ben is, uh, Ben is a, a lifetime martial artist, started out in wrestling. He has been training partner to John Bone Jones. And um, he now runs Beat the Streets, which is a really cool uh, program that helps give opportunities for things like wrestling to underprivileged kids. And so he's going to be great because he follows that. He's a young guy, still fit as hell, but he's he follows that arc we uh, that we always talk about on the show. He's giving back in a big way. After that, we have Ryan Bodrig coming on, and this guy's. Uh jiu-jitsu practitioner and he just when you see him and you see him he has impeccable technique like I've watched him teach a number of times and he just when you picture what a martial artist should look like physically and then how they apply their technique he's just so smooth and so good like he's just for me I'm looking forward to talking to him uh and I met him in Sean DeJong's dojo because Sean has these training sessions where he gets senior instructors together and we all get together and, and train and talk. And yeah, Ryan is a, he's an outstanding martial artist. And then we have Jamie Mancini, not to be mistaken with uh, KPM, not Mancini, our friend Mancini. Um, and I, I don't know uh, Jamie Mancini. Do you know him, Sensino? Is he another one that you know? Yes. Yeah, yeah. James Boom Boom Mancini. Um, he's from uh, Montreal, actually. And um, uh, uh, he has a quite a lengthy uh, fight resume. Really nice guy. Talked to him on the phone. Um, you know, trains people in martial arts now. He's he's um, he's my size, but when he was fighting, he was fighting 125 pounds. So that guy knows how to discipline himself and cut weight. Um, that's about all I know about him. I can't wait to chat with him more. He's a fighter. When you talk to him, everything about him resonates as a fighter. So I'm really looking forward to that conversation. Well, I want to know if he knows Ray Boom Boom Mancini, who is his predecessor. <laughs> maybe he does. <laughs> or maybe just stole his nickname. <laughs> um, pretty sweet. And, you know, I just want to say to everybody, like, that's awesome. Like, if you think about the second hundred episodes that we're in, we're starting to grow the people we know, like we went to our own reserves for that first hundred. But now that you're coming to us with these suggestions, I think it's only going to explode the show in terms of who we're meeting and what we're learning and what we can, you know, throw out, not as teachings, but as we're all going to be students learning from these new people and these, these unknown quantities can be great. And I just want to say thanks to Mike Russell, Justin Shea, Andre Sedeshev, Founding member Robert Schlemsky, Jesse Vlevitao, Alden Adair, Sydney Dolphin, Josh Kitchens, and Christiana 